the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, give you great thanks and praise for the gift of our faith and the gift of the church. We ask you to sanctify your church and purify us of all our intentions. We may give you proper worship due to your most holy name. Amen. As I was praying with the gospel and praying with the, um, the seasons of the church, we're now on the fourth Sunday of the church, fourth Sunday of the sanctification of the church. And we're next week we start Advent. Next week we start the four weeks preparing ourselves for, for Christmas. So when the church in her wisdom has given us these readings, and as I was praying with that and praying with the ministry in the church and kind of the practicalities that go in and running the church and the parish, parish ministry, I've been a priest now for just over 10 years, and it's been a blessing, and I, and I love it. But there's a, few, there's a few things that used to bother me that bother me a lot less because they're kind of, they're kind of odd. They're kind of always going to happen in the church. A few things. For example, it's a guarantee in the church, guarantee, that people will complain. It's just like par for the course, right? It's right now we enter into like the winter season, there's always somebody who's like, Father Pierre, it is freezing in the church, right? And I'm like, okay, go sit down and wear your jacket, put a scarf on, right? And they, and they always, like, they're passive-aggressively. They're, like, sitting in the pews, like, this is ridiculous. They have their coat on, right? And what's funny about that, the reason it doesn't bother me so much is because the person behind them is like, oh, my gosh, this church, this is ridiculous. It's an oven in here. And I'm like, can you guys chit-chat and like, let me know what you guys want so we can make this a comfortable place for you? Just kind of like, I kind of compare that to like the annoyances of the church. Think, for example, of like children crying in church. There's this balance, right? Two ends of the spectrum. Children should belong in church. There's a phrase. If your church isn't crying, it's dying, right? So children should be in the church. Now, if your child is screaming bloody murder because they want their, like, their sauce, right? Then maybe like, excuse yourself. But if your child is like, nah, nah, then they stay in the church. And then there's that one person like, that child was so annoying. And the other person, like, that person gave me a dirty look. And it's like, listen, you people, figure it out. Stop complaining. <laughs> and let me know what you decide so we can make everything go. So it doesn't bother me so much when things complain. And the thing is, you don't want to, like, discourage it. Because maybe there's something in the church that needs to be addressed. I don't know. Maybe the church is too cold. That topic of our lives. I need to know. You're my eyes and ears in the church. If you see an issue, you should feel comfortable, almost obliged, to let me know. So we can make the church a better place. There'll always be complaints in the church. What else? There'll always be human conflicts in the church. It's like gotta happen, right? Think for this, this Thursday's Thanksgiving. Who's excited for Thanksgiving? Woo! I love Thanksgiving. It's a fun priestly holiday. It's like mass in the morning and then nothing, right? Just hang out, eat turkey, watch the lions lose disastrously per usual, and just enjoy, enjoy the day. But Thanksgiving's a day for family. You all have families. You all love each other. At the same time, you're like, okay, well, Uncle So-and-so is not invited to Thanksgiving, and your cousin better not show up. And, oh, I have to see my mother-in-law. She's going to complain. Like, you're preparing yourselves for your human relationships that have conflicts. So whether the conflicts in the church, right, the church universal, are like the big conflicts, like the Pope and the bishops, right, amongst the priests, amongst the nuns, amongst the achuia, like the little the ladies who have their, their prayer group, the shamashia, the choir, the councils, the groups in the church, there will always be, like, 100% of the time, there's going to be personality conflicts. It happens because we're humans. 
The temptation of that is to say, that's a bad example of faith. See, those people can't even get along. Therefore, I'm going to just stop following Jesus because of human relationships. It is always, always, always going to happen. But for us, as people in the church especially, we should desire to grow in patience and forgiveness and humility and all these things. There's always going to be conflicts. There's always going to be complainers. Always going to be conflicts. And thirdly, honestly, a little bit more, a little more intensely here, there will always be scandal in the church. Always. Right? We're broken humans. We're just so flawed. For example, I was in high school when the clergy abuse scandal broke in the church, especially in America and in the West. And it was, I didn't really know what was going on. In high school, you think you have the whole world figured out. You have no idea what's happening in existence. And so I was just like, I don't know what's happening. And then I joined seminary, and it was such a big deal. Like, what happened? And then you start researching it. Like, this is horrible, right? And obviously, it was a, it was a media show, and everyone just loved to follow it, and it became a, became a disaster. Then you really objectively look at it and say, these priests did what? To who? Scandal. Massive scandal. Just yesterday, there was a little girl, first communion, right? After mass, she comes out to me. She's, she's, she's holding back tears. I'm like, what's wrong? She's like, I can't find my mom. Said, okay. Do you know her number? She's like, yeah. Pull my phone. Call her mom. She's like, oh, her aunt's picking her up. Like, okay, your aunt's here over there. Okay, thank you. It was a good little girl. Beautiful. She trusted her priest to help her solve her life-crushing problems, right? And to think of a priest who would take advantage of that situation in such an inappropriate way brings me such rage to my heart and to my soul because they destroyed what I hold so dearly as the priesthood and the holiness of the church. And that's a huge scandal that just happened. It's part of our generation. It defines our generation in the church, really. And thank God we were like kind of held back from that so much in our church. But we've had our fair share of scandals in our Chaldean Catholic community here in Detroit. Public scandals that give people an opportunity to say, that's why I don't go to church. That's why I don't love Jesus. Because of massive, public, outrageous scandal. It'll always happen in the church. And we have to be ready for that. Because it will happen. And I promise you, right, if you're looking to me to be your savior, I'm going to fail you. I'm not the savior. Jesus is. Right? And as much as there's issues in the church, right, the complainers, the annoyances, the, the conflicts of human personalities, and the scandals in the church, what does Jesus do in the gospel today? He is berating the Pharisees. He's just yelling at them. Right? I circled all the words he called them. He was really mean to them today. He's like, you hypocrites, you hypocrites, you blind guides, you blind fools, you blind men. Just yelling at them, you, you hypocrites. Now imagine if Jesus were to come to do that today to me. Like he comes up here and like shrugs me over. And he's like, all right guys, let me tell you about Father Pierre. This bald, fast-talking, speaks Surat. Right? Imagine if he would just come and just berate me. And he would, then he would start to list my actual flaws, my actual sins. He'd be here all day. And he would just yell at me. But before he's yelling at the Pharisees, what does he do? He says, listen to the Pharisees because they have the authority of Moses. Whatever they say, do it. But, and then goes into this tirade, they're hypocrites, they're blind, they're, they, they tie up heavy burdens upon their people. All they care about is themselves and their own self-righteousness. 
You do the same for the priesthood. Father Pierre is all these things. I have some good qualities. Yay, me, right? But I'm not perfect. I'm not the Savior. But he would pause. And he would say, these priests, the church has its problems, has its internal issues. Fine. But the priesthood is still holy. I still have the authority, because of the priesthood of Jesus Christ, I have the authority to forgive sins. To say these words over bread and wine, and it becomes the body and blood of the incarnate God, Jesus Christ. To bless the sick, to confirm children, to baptize, to bless people, to rid the world of demons. That's the power of the priesthood because of the priesthood. And that's what Jesus wants to emphasize today. And that's my prayer for you as you and you as you grow in faith and love of God. Because in the wisdom of the church, we have these readings that goes into the Pharisees, kind of the modern day priests, and say, they're all these horrible things. But what does Hebrews say from the reading from Hebrews today? Is that the, the foundation of the church is on the blood of Jesus. That Jesus is in the holy sanctuary on heaven. That the blood of Jesus is the foundation of the church. And that must be the foundation of the church. Because I am not the Savior. Father Rodney is for sure not the Savior. All right? But we have a Savior. And it's Jesus. And my prayer for you is this. As you continue on in the church, as we continue on in your faith, the foundation of your life and faith must be God. When... Not if, when people in the church annoy you, when there are conflicts amongst each other in the church, when there are public, outrageous scandals in the church, people whom you've trusted who have betrayed you, when those things happen, will your faith be shaken? If yes, then your foundation of your faith is on the wrong thing. The foundation of your faith must be on the blood of of Jesus. We have an obligation to preach and bring people to church? Absolutely. We have an obligation, especially Thanksgiving is a great opportunity, to, cheat, to pray and talk to our families and friends about the, about the church, about the love of God? Absolutely, we have that obligation. But not to ourselves. Not to me. To Jesus. He's our foundation. He is our life source. He is the Savior. Amen.